Hey, listeners. I know you're shocked to hear from us, but don't be alarmed. We're working on a few experiments between seasons. The one you're about to hear is an episode swap with the experimental Berlin-based cultural magazine, Errant Journal. We're swapping an interview they did with Brazilian practitioner Philippe Altenfelder about his project, Media Ninja. We'll kick off with an interview from the magazine and podcast editor, Irene DeCrane. Irene will be reposting the moving episode of the Stockholm season with a brief interview. So be sure to check that out, as well as other errant podcast episodes. So let's get started. Basically, how I want to start out is to ask you, Irene, about how Errant Journal got started. I'd love to hear more about sort of the beginnings of it and how you've been thinking about formulating it. Um, Yeah, Errant Journal has a lot of philosophical groundings, but I'd like to explain it more from a practical sense. I was working as a, a director of an art space, as a curator, and I was struggling already for a while because I'm not only interested in art, although that is my background and I'm an art historian, I'm not only interested in art, I'm also interested in activism, in all sorts of visual culture, whatever that may be, popular culture, historical artifacts, books. And I got frustrated, especially when you're dealing with activists, activist work and non-art objects. When you put them into an art space, they become art and they actually lose their their uniqueness and they lose their story and art always has this has a certain approach to it and a certain way of looking that is also very western centered it comes from a very colonial history so i have a lot of issues with that i tried to solve that in the art space that i was running and felt that i couldn't i quit my job and i started thinking and i feel that the book form because I do see Arendt also, it's, yeah, sure, it's a periodical, but there are also small books. Although also not ideal, it's a better format for that. And um, specifically, it's based on the thinking and writing of Edouard Glissant and his Poetics of Relation, and also other decolonial thinkers, uh, mostly South American school of decolonial thinking, you could say, and also with this idea of the pluriverse. So how many different worlds can exist in one world. And I try to approach it from many different, well, I would like to say worlds, many different cosmologies, but also different disciplines. Um, Yeah, as much as possible. So that's a bit in short, the project. How do you see the podcast fitting into this vision? The podcast actually came about when when Corona started. So the first issue of Errant Journal was supposed to be launched in May 2020. And then Corona happened. And of course, I was (laughs) panicking uh, what to do. And I realized I need some more online content as well. And I have a friend, Jenny Walker, who has been wanting to do a podcast for a very long time and always nagging people around her uh, about, let's do a podcast together, let's do a podcast. And so that was actually, for me, like two things coming together. And um, Jenny is a person I've worked with many times. She's an artist. 
And we've talked a lot also about the similar issues I had as an art historian and curator of moving away from art and how to include activism, which artists have been doing always, of course, but how to, I don't know, not make the activism into art also. And in a way, the podcast is also a way to talk with people who put sort of the thinking into action. So they are all examples of people who found a way to organize themselves uh, or organize with others to counter hegemonic structures, to say it in the simplest sense. And this then can also sometimes be art again, which I find interesting because sometimes there are artistic projects within the podcast that we also find are interesting examples of counter-narratives or organizing. The one with Philippe and Altefelder, I actually met him in Amsterdam when he was giving a lecture at Framer Framed. Framer Framed is also a partner of Aaron Journal. And Media Ninja, the organization that he works for, is just a fascinating organization, very bottom-up. So there are houses all through Brazil, is where they're located. And they have their whole own structure of how that work, how they share houses, how they do their finances. It was interesting. So they're actually a alternative media network to the media networks, existing media networks in Brazil that are very much controlled by uh, the ruling politicians and that cannot be trusted, really. And they're an alternative to that. But what was interesting is that they really managed to be a movement and really change it. They have on Instagram, I think, something like 4 million followers. And this is really from a bunch of guys coming together and start filming things with their phones is immensely impressive to me. They also work with indigenous people. They work in all sorts of ways and have actual political impact. So that's why I really like this one. In a way, it's just a, such a clear example of how simple it can be almost. Although, of course, it's not simple and they work immensely hard and it's a, it's a very large group of people. But yeah, I, I like that one very much. Now that you have moved into podcasting for over a year now, how do you see media as being sort of a way to achieve these goals of speaking about politics through essentially like a medium of art? How are you seeing the podcast as a, a part of this project? Oh, that's a difficult question, even. Um, for me, the podcast is also a way of doing the research of meeting people, of building the network, of combining. And, you know, what I like about the magazine is also you sometimes have an essay that makes sense in another way, in one way, and you have another that makes sense in another, but put together, you know, it's a little bit like the two plus two is five kind of equation. And I feel the podcast, because the podcast also becomes a series, it says something as a whole. I mean, here I'm very much, you know, it's an archipelago. It's very much my Clisantian uh, uh, frame of thinking that always comes back, that actually a, a podcast series is also like an archipelago, you could say. So it's more like it's this sense of research, as well as that it is something that is freely available. So the magazine is something that costs money, well, costs more money to make also. So it, it also costs money to buy. And it's very easy for people to listen to. Or at least I hope. So all these things makes it valuable uh, part of the project as a whole. 
This is Errant Podcast with Jenny Wolka and Irene de Kraan. This podcast is created to coexist alongside Errant Journal, a publication for cultural theory and practice aimed at bringing together diverse local perspectives on a global scale. Today we have the pleasure of talking to Philippe Altefelder, one of the founding members of Media Ninja, a decentralized communication network based in Brazil that produces and disseminates information made invisible by traditional media. From the collaborative logic of production that emerges from the network society, they connect journalists, photographers, videographers and designers and enable the exchange of knowledge between those involved. Media Ninja became a worldwide media phenomenon after broadcasting live from the streets during the big demonstrations in Brazil in 2013. Today, the network engages more than 2 million supporters and around 500 people are directly involved with the support of collective houses throughout Brazil. Well, welcome, Philippe, and thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for for the inviting. And ah, it was good. Né? We, are, we are living a crazy moment here in Brazil, so it was nice to hear from Amsterdam. Uh, it was the, 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 the time that we met there, it was the last time that we were there. So good memories. So yeah, nice. it was just not long before Corona at Frame or Frame. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so maybe you want to start with introducing yourself. Uh, well, so good morning, afternoon, night, eh? depends on, on when you're listening to it. And I'm Felipe Altenfelder. I'm from Brazil. I born in Sao Paulo in 1985, so I'm 36-year-old now. And uh, I made part, I am one of the founders of Media Ninja. Uh, Media Ninja, it's a Brazilian collective, maybe more than a collective. We are a network of independent media collectives based all over Brazil and Latin America with also international connections. And uh, we came, we, we grew, we emerged from another experience before a Media Ninja named the Fora do Eixo Circuit. The translation, it would be something, the Out of Axis Circuit. Uh, it was a, a cultural and artistical movement that we grew up in Brazil from 2002 to 2010, you know, so we, we were promoting independent festivals, working with bands, lots of music, but with other artistical languages as movies, theater, books. And so this is, this is like my background and it's a very collective background because uh, this experience for Adoesho and also Media Ninja, uh, is something that involves uh, a kind of urban community. We have been living together in collective houses like all this period, you know. So when we, we, we talk about that we are a collective, it's not just few people working in the same project. It's because we, we went like one level up and, when, and we developed this kind of urban digital activism community that I, I made part until today. You say urban collective, but maybe we come to that point later because I think you're also by now with Media Ninja uh, connecting also to rural Brazil. But maybe let's stay with the, the formation of Media Ninja. What year was that? 
I'll, I'll try. It's, it's a challenge to, to answer mm. these questions. There, there's a classical joke we, we always made that if, if our story, it was like a, a series, you know, like a TV show divided in seasons, we will be talking about like 13, 14 seasons already. So it's, I, I will try to do a, a, a shortly resume on, on this chapter that you're asking for. Uh, the, the off-axis, the fora do eixo thing, it was because uh, the cities that we came from, they were all far away from Sao Paulo and Rio de Janeiro, which are the, the biggest Brazilian cities. And then in 2011, uh, after our network grew uh, all over the country, we decided to face one of those big cities, and then we moved to Sao Paulo people from lots of different uh, country Brazilian cities and, and we came to Sao Paulo, we, we find a, like a, a nice house, we, we, we rented and we started a collective house in the biggest city of Brazil in 2011. And in the first moment, uh, quite connected with these cultural things, promoting independent shows, arts and, and this kind of stuff. But also in 2011, it was the year of the global spring I think you should remember uh, that whole wave of protests and, and demonstrations going on in squares. From, from It started quite in, in Tunis, then Egypt, uh, Greece, Spain with the 15M, and then in the United States with the Occupy Wall Street thing. Mm. So in this year, uh, here in Brazil and in Latin America, we, we were also, you know, like trying to, to, to figure out and to see how could we connect with this wave. And then uh, in, in a, there was a protest happening here. It was the, the march of marijuana, the, the march for the legalization of marijuana. And it was a small protest in 2011, like 2,000 people uh, here in Sao Paulo. And this protest, it was uh, brutally repressed by the military, for the military police here in Brazil. People were arrested, tear gas, and, and it was it, it was ridiculous repression. And the, the traditional, the old media, they, they didn't give a line about it, you know. But in the social networks in that day, in Twitter mainly, before Facebook, the thing really trended, everybody was talking about it. And then people get together and, and we organize another protest against this repression. It was called Marcha da Liberdade like the March of Freedom, you know, for a bigger cause to bring more people. And Marcha da Liberdade, it, it really succeeded by this time, you know, it really happened. Like we, we put together thousands of people in the streets of Sao Paulo. And again, the traditional media was not there. But using social media, using like, and then in, in a second moment, more Facebook and, 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 and being live on Twitter for the first time. And, and we could give whole visibility for this thing, you know, the whole country knew that it was happening. So in this moment, uh, we, we, we realize the power of a word, uh, which is narratives. In that moment, we, we wow, narratives. We, we, we could create our own stories. We could tell other people the stories that we create and that we believe, and we can bring more people. We can mobilize more people to do this thing. And then we, we, we got with these narrative things on, on our heads. Uh, and then for, for the other side, there was a certain hype 
of the thing, you know, imagine people from from small cities of Brazil that moved to Sao Paulo, that created a collective house and, and they were doing parties and protests at the same time. So Sao Paulo's journalists, they started to, to go there at the house and oh, whoa, what's happening here, who, who you are and this stuff. And then it's part of our story. When, when Fora do Eixo appeared, it was quite because uh, in that moment, the traditional music industry, it was breaking with the internet and with the free download. And when we told this thing to the journalists, they, they got, wow, the same thing is happening now. You know, the, the, the traditional media business is breaking in the same way that the traditional music industry broke with, with the free download. It's happening now with media and the social networks. So why don't we create something based on this network thing that you guys did and, 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 and started something uh, more connected with media, with journalism? And then we put together narrative, independent narratives, journalism, and action. In Portuguese, it's an anagram for ninja. So this is how Media Ninja it was created. It was, it was about 2012, and, and just a few months before 2013. In 2013, it was the big moment, because there was the, that huge wave of protests and demonstrations here in Brazil. And it was the moment when we viralized and got it to the game as a media player here in Brazil. So, so how, how does it uh, work practically? Uh, you, you go with your phone to this uh, protest. And then what do you look for that's different from the normal media, let's say? It was that it's, it's nice because uh, in the beginning, in this cultural era, in the festivals, in the bands, this was when we, we created our language, you know. So the, we, we got something more like it's more pop and, and how people get emotion with, with the content, you know. So when we go to a demonstration in the beginning, uh, the first thing, it was uh, police violence. Because the, the Brazilian, I, I, I use the word traditional to be generous because I, I could use maybe corrupted or old you know, but this, this, this old media here in Brazil in, in 2013, they were pretending that police was doing nothing to people. And it was crazy because they were totally unprepared to deal with a massive uh, riot thing, you know, so they were being really violent. So we were focused in the first moment to show this thing, police is being violent. That was our first questions in, in 2013. And, and then people realized uh, something about the cuts, you know, because our, our streaming, it's, it's no cuts thing. And when, when, when you are watching news, it's all about cuts. It's all about edition. So this possibility to be uh, with a no cut version made people trust a lot in our narratives because I'll have my own conclusions. There's no cuts. I'm watching everything. So we, we get new for, you know, long streamings. Like last Saturday, there was a demonstration here against Bolsonaro. It was the first in, in lots of time because people were really afraid in, in getting together in agglomeration. And I did a, a live streaming for four hours. 
And so we, we go there, we started in the beginning, we talk to everybody, we show all the angles. What people used to comment, it's something, whoa, it, it looks that I'm inside the demonstration, you know? So this is how we try to, to show. One of the reasons why we started with this podcast for Irene and me was always also to learn from the voices, you know, that we uh-huh. invite. And in that case of Media Ninja, it's very interesting. Okay, how do you organize as collective? You know, how do you manage? You say you're living together. Um, how do how you do that over the long run, you know? This, this, it's a good question, and, and, and people always make it. And, and we used to say that, you know, like being the streets, live streaming, taking pictures, and, and, and being the, in the internet every day, looking for content, posting, viralizing, this, this is not the difficult part, you know. This is the, this is the easy part. It's what we like to do. And, and it's, we don't see our, as our jobs or as our works. Uh, this is our lives, right? so it's it's easy in this sense. Maybe the difficult part uh, is to to put people together, you know, and 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 to manage the group feeling and keeping people in the vibe for doing this thing together. And and there is a no, there is no formula on that. And uh, we just had the the courage and the capacity to keep on going. I think that this is this is fundamental, you know. Sometimes people look to us and say, "Wow, how how could you do this and and have a media collective?" It's it's a long way. It's what you said. So so the the answer it's it's on your question. It's it's about the process, much more than than the product, you know. And it's not e- easy. We know that because maybe maybe that's why it's kind of unique, because in, in all these years we we had the experience. Uh, to travel to, to other countries, to know other projects. And, and we have found some, some similar things in some of the aspects, but we haven't found yet, you know, a, 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 an experience that, that put together a, a, an urban community. And you asked about this in the beginning. It was something that we learned also, because it was a certain moment here in Brazil uh, in the process that we live quite in the moment when uh, Dilma's government was being interrupted by the, the, the parliamentary cup. So it's, it's like when democracy was, was starting to shake in the first moment. Uh, in that moment, we, we came together with these more traditional social movements. So we, we get really close to, to people that are fighting for land, of, for the, of the indigenous movement, uh, of homeless workers that are doing really great occupations in, in big cities. So in this new moment, we kind of updated also a word that we had to understand our own selves as a collective. And, and we started to feel that more than a collective, that we were, that we we are a community, you know. So I think that this is also a very precious word for this moment that we are living, eh? for this after Corona life. Maybe the, the 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 ability to grow communities will be more necessary than than ever, and that's what we are we are feeling now. But maybe and talking about Brazil. You know, people people will get out of this. Okay, now the, the, the vaccination schedule are quite of moving. We are expecting to finish this year 
with everybody okay you know but you know after a, a really bad thing so in the next year in 2022 this community thing will be uh, something very important to be connected to you know and uh, that's what we did and and in the beginning it was learning in, in the practical you know and fighting and talking and discussing and uh, and it's an intense experience here in brazil it was also an experience that it was very debated and and with love and hate you know from from all the sides and and sometimes uh, the more people that are you know the right wing capitalist things they say that oh they are the new communists that live together in this collective house and stuff and and the more traditional left wing people sometimes they they they, they say no oh, they are too pop and they have the kind of branded behavior and so they are quite capitalist so they are not traditional left and and what we believe that when you, you are in this position that both sides are are criticizing you maybe you say okay it's a, it's a quite of good sign to to keep going you know mm-hmm. so you mentioned the community uh-huh. Maybe you can say something to get an idea of what this community look like. Like, how many are you? Are you all sort of same age, same background, or is it very diverse? What can you say about that? Uh, we are talking about like 50 people. Uh, it's a more the hard core of the thing, you know. And uh, we are today divided on three bases in different cities of Brazil. So it's about 20, 15 people on, on each of these houses. And uh, ages, it's something from 23 to 40 uh, in general. Uh, there are the kids, they, they appear in the middle of the process. So there are like five kids between three and, and, and seven years. And uh, after all these years, there's an interest part. Most of people are women. Uh, on, on these 50 people, we are talking about maybe 35, and and, it, and it's quite diverse. And this, this is the thing about coming from cities, uh, from what we call the, the deep Brazil. So Cuiabá, it's a it's a main city for us in the, in the Mato Grosso stage. Uberlândia in, in Minas Gerais, it's another city where we came from. Rio Branco in Acre. Uh, quite north in Amazon, there are people that came from there, uh, from the northeast, from Brazil, Ceará, Fortaleza. You said, okay, the traditional left, the traditional right, they would uh, find their arguments against these structures, but maybe that's exactly the new that we need. Um, what you were just saying before, Felipe, was like, okay, you're doing this work together, or you say it's life, basically. So it's also a social security system that the community builds yes yes no and and when you ask the, the previous question it's it's a good point to connect both uh, to talk about money and how we we deal with it and uh, it's a nice perspective we call it uh, in portuguese is the caixa coletivo it would be something the collective fund so all these 50 people uh, we are not working uh, based on a salary perspective. Uh, we are managing together this collective fund. And everybody has the same right 
to take it out and everybody has the same need to take it in, you know, and, and, and we are running together uh, for make it happen. So this is, a, is quite a thing, you know, and that is part of the unique experience that I, that I said. And it's, and it's very nice because some people like you say that, wow, this is the new that we need. And that this is a kind of reaction that sometimes people have. And sometimes people can say, whoa, like, this is too crazy. How high will we work that much? And I will not have my salary. And, and it's, it's sad in our perspective because people are sometimes really stuck into these old perspectives. And they, what, what happens is that you lose opportunities uh, to, to make your dreams come true, you know? Like, so if, if we were waiting to have enough money to have salaries to everybody that worked in Media Ninja in the beginning, it would have, have never happened, you know? So uh, this is a, is a perspective. But, and, and there's a story in the beginning and, and today that this, this whole hype about cryptocurrencies, NFTs, everybody is talking about it. Uh, in the beginning, we had some experience uh, more based in what we call the solidarity economy perspective. Uh, so we got our own currency. Uh, it was not digital based. Uh, we, we printed in the beginning, you know. So when, when a collective, uh, ah, we are doing a show. So the band came, they pay, and part of this payment, it will be using these this coins, you know, like almost 20 years ago. And, and these coins, they were exchangeable for services that the collective do, you know? So a band plays in a show. It gets paid with the currency. The band can rent some hours in the studio or they can hire the video crew to record a, a clip, you know, something like that. And, and everything was being systematized on spreadsheets and we was making the, the thing advance on, on this sense. So today, like we are not counting in this way, you know, like, ah, I went Saturday to the protest and I live streamed for four hours. This is not being put on my spreadsheet. Oh, Felipe worked for, it's, it's more organical now, but we, we truly understand the value that I'm generating once I'm there for four hours, you know, and everybody in the collective would, will have the chance to use also this value, his or her connections and new projects. It's something very visual too. I'm here all the time. I'm talking and wondering people watching and uh, may say, well, if they go and check for more things, you're going to have some image that will help to make sense. But it's, it's an amazing story. In a normal moment, I would finish and saying, oh, and, and of course, we've, we invite, if everybody wants to come to Brazil, we will be here with the doors open. But now we will have to wait uh, <laughs> a little bit. For, I'm sure that time will come again soon. We'll come again. We'll come again. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I just wanted to go into uh, something else. You, you've... Uh, spoken about uh, recording uh, protests, how that was important in the beginning, and still you 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 did that last Saturday. Uh, I also read uh, some of your activities of Media Ninja are also related to the protection of indigenous knowledge and rights. So yeah, I was wondering what, how does that work? So what can you tell us about that? Uh, yeah, the, the indigenous movement it's 
It's, of course, the, the first <laughs> social movement of Brazilian history. They are like literally fighting for more than 500 years to survive uh, against a genocide. And, and we still have a, a very powerful, representative and diverse indigenous population here in Brazil. It's lots of different uh, groups and tribes spread it all over Brazil. And uh, they, they used to organize an annual meeting in Brasilia named uh, Acampamento Terra Livre. It would be the, the free land camp, uh, the ATL. It's also an anagram, the name. And uh, some years ago, I, uh, I think 2016 or 17 maybe, I, I don't remember exactly the year now, but uh, we, we had one of our bases were in Brasilia. Uh, we had a, a collective house there and uh, we, we got connected and we, we lived the experience on organized the free camp land with them in one of, these, one of the years. So we were very involved with the whole production of it and with the media and, and the coverage and the communication thing. So when, when you do a kind of partnership like this together, it's something that creates very strong links. And then uh, we, we got to know lots of wonderful leaderships that they have here in Brazil. One of them is Sonia Guajajara. It's a very powerful woman, uh, a very powerful and representative indigenous leadership here in Brazil. And, and we got really close and, and we do lots of things together. They, they had their own movement, it's APIBI, it's the articulation of Brazilian indigenous people and, and here in Brazil. Uh, we helped them to create Mija India. Uh, India is the Brazilian part, uh, the, the Portuguese word for indigenous. So it's like the Mija India. I think people get it. And it was nice because Sonia also runs for president as vice candidate in 2018. And she, she ran together with Guilherme Boulos, that it was the leadership of the homeless movement. And, and we were quite involved with the creation of this campaign. In last year, or a year ago, there was a very nice action. Uh, it was the indigenous uh, blood, not even one more tear, not even one more drop. And we, we created this campaign and that it was a kind of European tour with Sonia and other leaderships. Uh, we traveled for like nine or 10 countries in Europe and going to meetings and audience to also spread the emergency of the, the indigenous situation here. And in the last year, we are also supporting them. Uh, they had a, a specific campaign on the COVID context for the indigenous. It's also very tough. Uh, the whole immunological system is it's different. They are like in, in isolated communities. So if they have one case, it, it spreads really fast for, for the whole community. So they are also suffering a lot and, and we are trying to, to support in, in this moment. And when you say campaigns, is that similar work that you do with Media and Ninja where you're reporting or what kind of shape does that take? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. It's similar. It's similar, I think. Maybe with Media Ninja, we, we also try to, not try, we, 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 we do a more journalistic approach 
So it's news, it's the fact. Now it's happening now. We are hearing, showing you, no cuts, we are live and bringing reality close to people. This is more a media ninja. When I talk about campaign, it's more uh, related with the narrative thing in the beginning, like Marcha da Liberdade. It's more related, you know, imagine Guilherme Boulos, when he was candidate, he was the youngest candidate in Brazilian history. Sonia, it was the first indigenous women to run in a president uh, election here in Brazil. So this was the narrative. The youngest candidate, the first Brazil indigenous women together, you know, representing our dreams, the new generation. So that, that was more the campaign, you know, it was to create something new and to invite more people to believe in this idea. This is it's more as we frame campaigns, you know, and and Media Ninja, it's more, you know, let's go into the thing and show what's happening now, you know. Talking about the environmental activism, I also saw uh, that you created an app, like a 342 Amazonian. Uh, it was, I need to talk before quickly about the, the 342 thing. Uh, it's a movement, it's also a collective that we, we created here with some Brazilian mainstream artists as Caetano Veloso, Paula Lavini, and, and, and many others, because in a certain moment, uh, like these people, they were not very used to, to put themselves into activism, into politics, but things started to get really urgent and necessary, and once that they felt and decided to be involved, they, they looked for us and say, whoa, how do you think it's the best ways, and what campaigns can we create it together, and then we created the 342 movement. And then the, the app, it works uh, following uh, the environmental agenda on Brazilian Congress. You know, so I say like, ah, there's a conservative group of deputies and next week they want to vote a law that will liberate mining in some new area. I'm, I'm giving an example, an aleatory example. So this is the kind of the notification that the app users will receive. You know, oh, next week people they will be voting, and so here it's a it's a meme to share, and that's and some five reasons why it's bad. The campaign material it's being spreaded to everybody that has the app downloaded. And once you get this material, you can uh, get it and post in your social media. Wow, it's, that's amazing. That's mm. very impressive. Amazing. I'm also impressed. Yeah. <laughs> great. It was a great movement. Fantastic. And that's still running? That just keeps on going? Yeah, yeah it keeps on going. The, the, the political context uh, changed a lot. So that there are not uh, lots of votes going on in the Congress now. But uh, more than the app, the 342 movement, it also really going and and we still today more connected than ever with the Brazilian artists here and fighting for, for lots of different causes. But also also in the environmental agenda, it's something that we are really connected. We are, for people that are listening to the podcast, we are recording it in June. And, and in June, it's the really dry moment here in Brazil. So the, there's the whole the fire thing it's quite starting in the next month, so it will be a really important agenda in the next weeks or something. These are really interesting 
and powerful sort of techniques to mobilize so many people. So what's next for Media Ninja? Uh, well, we are, we are fighting to take Bolsonaro out. This is the, the first thing. And uh, we are waiting, not waiting, but we are expecting a lot for the vaccine. The rhythm is really slow here in Brazil. So we are, we are taking lots of cares. We are protecting the community. And uh, we are really preparing some projects uh, more related with our own agenda for the next year, you know, and we are working something named 500 Cities, 500 Cidades in Portuguese. Uh, it's a platform to map and, and travel around different 500 Brazilian cities and connecting, you know, grassroots media and culture movement and, and putting these people together because also in next year we have elections. So it will be a very decisive moment for Brazilian democracy and we, we're going to be participating a lot on that. Uh, we are also preparing something that we are calling the, the Floresta Ativista, uh, in English, the Activist Florist. And it's a platform that uh, it's also bringing together the different projects that we created in all these years. There's a kind of metaphor that we do that Medianesia, it's like the Amazon River. It's the, the biggest river in our ecosystem. But there are lots of other rivers that go for this one. So we have our design platform, Design Ativista, or the, the feminist platform, Planeta Ella, or our different houses that have all, all these projects, they have their own channels on social media. So Floresta Ativista, uh, it's a platform to bring together all these projects. We are, we are very excited. We are, we are also always very optimists. Uh, but we are, yes, living a, a tough moment. So it's, it's a kind of SOS moment, like people look, look for Brazil, keep following, uh, not us, but what's happening here, and, and try to share in this moment, like the, the international oppression and visibility. It's been something very helpful here, too, in this moment. So it's a kind of nice message to let you. Yeah, Good. definitely. And um, now all the best of luck for the next uh, period of uh, hopefully bringing Bolsonaro out. Thank you very much again. And yeah, we'll sure, be sure to follow up on Media Ninja and I hope other people will as well. Yeah, no, let's be connected. I saved your contact with the Capivara. You have a Capivara avatar on your WhatsApp. Yes, it's my spirit so, emerald. I'll, I'll be I'll be in touch with the capivara. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for follow, so much. Follow yes. the capivara. Be in touch. <laughs> Thank you, Philip. Bye. Ciao. Obrigado. This is Errant Podcast with Jenny Wolka and Irene de Kraan.